In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have entitled today's talk, Dead Wood. A little autobiographical, perhaps, but not any more autobiographical than is strictly necessary. Although it is autobiographically necessary to say that I did at the University of British Columbia, en route to my MDiv, by a little bit of a detour, where these things matter, successfully complete the course Forestry 111, Dendrology, also known as Dendro, Dendro for dunderheads, I may say, though I did pass it, and so feel uniquely enabled to continue along that course to award an MDiv, which entitles me both to preach on today's gospel which I intend to do eventually, and take the first step on that journey, which is to set myself to talk about dead wood, which is the subject of today's gospel. Why am I talking about woody plants? Jesus says, I am the true vine. Sermon finished. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you, the disciples, are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, apart from the untechnical reference to branches, which is not a term used in plant science, this is a very good exposition of the book of creation. A vine is not a tree, but like a tree, a vine is a woody plant. And wood is basically dead wood. Its outer layer is alive, And each growing season, it adds another outer layer, a shining green skin of life. And each year, last year's outer layer dies. It's retired to provide the structure, the support for this year's greenery and every other year's. Every woody plant is one layer of cells thick. The outer layer is alive. The entire inner part is dead. It's wood. Now, in this, vines and trees are the same. They are mainly dead, dead wood, but they are also alive, outwardly alive and inwardly dead. Now, Jesus is showing in what he says about the culture of woody plants that he knows of what he speaks, as well he should. He brought creation into being, after all. Jesus knows about woody plants, about vines, about viniculture, which is the art of cultivating vines, especially Vetus vinifera, the vines that produce grapes. Not all vines produce grapes. And grapes produce wine, if humans intervene to help them do so. Humans are interested in the growth of grapes, in getting a good yield of grapes, Not too many, not too few, not too bland, not too this, not too that. The grapes could care less. 
but humans are very interested in a good yield of grapes. And there are choices how to go about this if you know the laws that govern how things grow. Let me say this again, for there is a sermon within this sermon on woody plants, and point one of that sermon is this. You can help things grow if you know how things grow. If you know that laws that govern how things grow, rule 1A, point 1A, you can help things grow if you know the thing that is growing. For things that grow are not all the same. And they do not all grow the same. Each thing has its own habit of growth. The laws are the same, but they rule different things differently. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Jesus is not a vine, but this is how language works. One thing stands for another, for another, for another. I am the true vine, yes, and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine because Jesus is creation. Little more than that, but he is at least creation. He sets the laws by which things work, and then he lives subject to those laws in his time on earth. His father, that would be God the father, takes care of culture. He works with what is, the laws by which things work, to make things work as well as the laws allow, or maybe better. How? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, the Father, takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The Father, the vine dresser, knows that to provide a good yield, you must actively train, that means simply prune, Cut back old growth, dead wood, and also cut back new growth. You nip new growth in the bud. You pluck the new buds right off the vine, another expression from plant science that has made its way into the culture. You cut back, and if you are dealing with vines, you also build. You build a structure of wood. A trellis may be a gazebo or pergola or fence. You provide a structure along which the new growth will grow. Now listen, this is important, more plant science. Vines are spineless. They have no innate sense of where to grow. They just grow. A little dendro now. Remember this term, apical dominance. Put it away in your mind. Because this is how trees know how to grow. If you put a tree where it will grow best, it will grow best. You plant a tree, then you get out of the way. That's the rule for pruning trees, by the way. Even fruit trees don't. Unless you have to. You're making more trouble than it's worth. Trees know what they are doing better than you or I know what trees are doing. Apical dominance. Let me explain. Trees grow up. Trees grow upward. The central stem grows upright. A chemical called oxen makes sure of that. Lateral growth is suppressed. Vertical growth is encouraged, augmented. For that leader, the central shoot of the tree only. So trees grow straight and tall, 400 feet tall from where I am from, pure, noble pillars of wood, dead wood, dead and strong. 
providing all the support that thousands of years of growth require. And that growth is outward, but also upward. Trees are self-supporting. They know what they are all about. Vines are not. Vines ramble aimlessly along the ground until they find something to latch onto, something, anything. Now, what do you think human beings are? Hold that thought. Vines need help. Now, Jesus' consistent relationship to the Father is that of vine to vine dresser. I'm not suggesting Jesus goes rambling around and along. We don't know because Jesus never cuts his relationship to the vine dresser, to the one who cuts back and the one who builds out, who is actively involved in every step of shaping the life and growth of that vine, letting that vine be what it will be by virtue of his very active intervention. So Jesus, like the vine, is totally dependent upon his father for every move he makes. He says that once or twice, I think. Left to his own devices, well, Jesus is never left to his own devices. No, not never. Just once on the cross. On Good Friday and then Holy Saturday, Jesus is left alone to die, to descend to the place of the dead into hell, as our creed and catechism say. For a few hours in the history of eternity, there is a break in the Trinity. The branch has been severed from the vine for a few hours. We might think about that, too, for a few moments or a few hours. The life of the Trinity, the link between Father and Son, vine and branch, is slashed for a moment for us. Why? We are not trees. And this is the point. We are not trees. We are vines. We have been through thousands of years of philosophers telling us we are trees. Self-governing, self-regulating, autonomous entities who know which way is up, self-determining beings created in nature to be what we are, to bloom where we're planted, reach to the stars all alone on our own. We still hear that now and again. Well, we will bloom, we will flower, we, like Jesus, will bear fruit if we accept that we are vines. And vines need help every step of the way. They are not made to grow proud and straight and tall of their own devices. We have no oxen in us, no natural growth hormone to sustain that apical dominance and make us grow perfectly straight. We have plenty of hankering after dominance, mind you. But our gracious God has given us choices in all this, free will. Freedom. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Where do we abide, really and truly? In what are we rooted and grounded? At the moment, 
We have less of that freedom than we think. We in this Western world going into the 21st century. We in the West have been three, the last 200 years especially, since Rousseau, I would say, the absolute low point of civilization, of a slow, steady, inexorable descent into hell, which shows no sign of stopping. Something to think about. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. I say I see very little freedom of choice in how this passage is to be read and understood. I look for escape hatches all the time. If I understand it, there are choices and there are consequences for our choices as simple as that. We are vines and we may choose to grow as vines, accepting the Father's pruning and growing along the pathways he has set out for us in his word. Accepting that whenever the Father cuts us back, it is because he loves us. He disciplines those whom he loves, period. We can be part of the dead wood, which no longer thinks of itself as a vine, all those pieces that he has cut off, but wants to be a tree. You can try to plant that dead wood in the ground, and nothing will happen. It will rot. But the vine abides, our last point. It blooms where it is planted. It stays put. That's what abide means. It remains, it belongs, it has a home. It puts down deeper and deeper roots, even as it reaches out with richer and greener shoots. And all of this, the work of the Father, the vine dresser. It grounds itself in the Father's will even as it reaches up to embrace the sun and the sky and the spring rains. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I think that's a promise. And the fruit we will bear is also that word. Witness to that word lived out in life, in love of neighbor, in acts of service, sharing God's life, and sharing God's word. We share the best of what we have been given, after all. And the fruit that we bear will bear his word. Now, my family and I are setting off in a few days for the place where our Anglican church family is rooted There now, the church exerts less and less influence on the society in which it takes its root. Winter is coming for Europe. The fire is already burning, being fed by dead wood. Two hundred years of the Enlightenment, the harvest is coming. I pray that we may learn from those that remain faithful there, from those that abide. They have much to teach us, and we have much to learn, for our time is coming too. So let us learn. We are not trees. We are vines. By this my Father is glorified 
that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Amen.